0: So welcome again. This is our opportunity to take what we have learned from Jamaica, from an upcoming baptism, which we anticipate now, from worshiping and music and through your fellowship. We're looking into the Word of God. So turn with me in your copy of the Bible to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, and this is the second in the series of biblical preparation, Biblical preparation, how to prepare as God's church. We've been studying biblical apologetics, that is, the defense of one's faith. Last Sunday we quoted from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. With the world as tenuous and even as dangerous as we are now seeing, even more so, Christians must boldly prepare for what's next. That's why we plea with you as deacons, as elders, as Christians, now is the time to give your heart to Christ Now is the time to give your life back to his service that you have been perhaps keeping to yourself. And I encourage you as people turn to the Lord, give your heart by faith to Christ as Savior. And if you want to talk to someone, talk to these deacons, talk to these elders, talk to these Christians who you know here, who in this church are well equipped in the Word of God, swords people, people of the sword of the Word of God who know well this Scripture. Turn to the Lord, I urge you. That is what this church is about in these times of preparation. This Sunday, this Sunday, we're going to continue to examine biblical preparation. Christians must prepare to answer for their faith. Not only boldly, but also in brokenness. Peter continues by saying these words in 1 Peter Be prepared to give an answer to everyone with meekness and fear. Meekness means gentleness. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the meek. Jesus said of himself, For I am meek and humble of heart but fear fear friends means that we know that we are sinful we know that we have failed we should be separated except for the grace of god we should be separated from him but we must also prepare to answer to god meekness and fear means that we recognize that we are we have been We may even remain to be broken people in sin. And we cannot bluster, that is, we can't boast, we can't brag about our faith as though it were convincing, whether it be others or even God, about our faith. But rather, we can base our faith in Jesus Christ. So biblical preparation, friends, means that Christians must prepare to answer for faith, for their faith, my faith, in meekness and in fear. And we can examine what is broken. So look again to Mark chapter 10, beginning verse 17. You look at chapter 10, verse 17, and you see the story of a rising star, the kind of person you like to be around, this rich, young, hugely successful young ruler who had no end to his achievements, no end to his inheritance, and yet he ached. He ached because he didn't possess the inheritance that he really wanted, and that was the inheritance of eternal life. He had his success in his portfolio. He had success in his personality, but he did not possess the inheritance of eternal life. And so he wanted Jesus to give to him as though it were another portfolio security. And so beginning verse 17, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him And loved him. One thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So the premise of the message this morning is this. Biblical preparation means that Christians must prepare to answer for God, or to God, in meekness and in fear. And because we must prepare, we must look at and answer three questions. These three questions... Do we bluster? Do we bluster our faith? Do we, are we broke in faith? And last, do we want to bank in true faith? Do we really bluster our faith? What do I mean by bluster? That is the, the ability to speak and brag and boast and push my thoughts out, but not with much action, not with much change. Little effect. Looking again at verse 17, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before God, before him, I'm sorry. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, friends, this, this guy was rich. This guy was rich beyond all expectation. He could have sent his secretary. He could have sent his scheduler. He could have set up a Zoom call. He said, however, you know, I'm really busy. I am really a busy person. That's why I'm going to cut a deal with Jesus. I'm going to try to impress Jesus. I'm going to go myself. After all, that's what a leader does. However, this man was not a penitent falling on his knees like others who ran up to Christ begging for forgiveness, begging for cleansing or for others who were calling out for those who were dying. This man flattered like the lawyers, like the scribes, trying to trick Jesus, trying to impress Jesus. He blustered by saying, Good teacher! But Jesus saw through it. Jesus saw right through it. And then the man asked the right question about eternal life. You know, a lot of people ask the right question. Is there an eternity? Is there heaven after this life? Is there life after death? And he asked the right question about eternal life. But he didn't believe Jesus is whom he says... Verse 18, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Now you may think I'm a little harsh in the way I critique the rich man, except when we hear the hint of Jesus' rebuke in his words, and he was rebuking not only that rich man and those hearers, but he was also rebuking us who often seem to run up to Him with our needs. But we really don't seem to fall on our knees before God Almighty. You know, Jesus not only examines us and knows when people bluster, they try to boast, I try to convince myself that my faith is adequate, But Jesus also in that very moment He asserted His divinity. He said there's no one good but God. God alone who stands before you right now. God in the flesh. But He also in front of everyone clarified that there's no one good. No one good. All have sinned. Well as a, as a teenager I, confront, I was confronted by a high school friend. Actually, he's the son of the, one of the families here, the Hennings. And he asked me, do you want Jesus to forgive your sins? And I blustered. At that very moment, I blustered and I started to, to boast and say, yeah, sure, I'd like eternal life. But I really hadn't sinned. I really wanted the benefits of eternal life but I also wanted to justify myself. Friends, faith blustering isn't so much for the other person that hears us. As it is we are trying to convince ourselves I haven't sinned. I haven't mistreated people. I haven't thought evil. I haven't lusted. I'm okay. Even though I know and the Scripture reveals that committing even one sin, and I am guilty of all before God. Friends, we must prepare to answer, answer God. And it begins with Jesus' tests. And it gives a first test. The test is this question that we find in the Scripture. What is it that we are trusting for eternal life? That's the first test. Verse 19... Jesus said, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't defraud and honor your father and mother. The first test is this. Can we bluster? Can we boast? Can we say that we really have kept all of these commandments? Well, listen to what the rich man says, verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Really? Do we stretch the truth? Do we gloss over the facts? Do we forget what is the truth? Do we bluster our own thinking? Do we try to bluster God? Well the defense of faith in Christ means that we must be prepared to answer God that we have sinned, that we do need a Savior. We can't bluster the facts with others, they see through it. How do we think that we can bluster God? Well then we move to the second test that Jesus addressed. The point that He is making here in these very verses, can we answer, this is the second test, Can we answer what God really wants? Why is it that Jesus quoted the last six commandments and not the first four commandments? Why is it that he posed to the rich man the list of things in those last six commandments? It was because Jesus is testing us. We can't bluster our way through a list of things And say that this is what we trust that we have done to earn eternal life. But rather, Jesus is testing. And he's testing it based on what he said in Matthew 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your mind. For this is the first and the greatest Commandment. You see, God invites us to stop bellowing about our religious experience, to stop bragging about our religious rights, to stop blustering about our faith, and to answer in meekness and in fear. And this is the test. This is the test. Do we love Him? Do we bluster faith by faking a list of things that we can't complete? We just can't complete them all. But rather, do we understand that we must love God? Are we blustering? If so, we may actually be broke in faith. Are we broke in faith? Beginning verse 21 and 22, Jesus said, one thing you lack. He said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The key word in those verses is this word, treasure treasure. Meekness confesses that what we treasure may indicate that we're broke in faith. So the the Love Like Christ banquet just the day before yesterday was a great success. Over 110 people attended. They affirmed and learned to return to the love, to love like Christ. We had great Fellowship and friendship. Even when the food ran out, we multiplied the loaves and the breads, <laughs> and it came back in the form of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> but I want to tell you, friends, this is not an event and it's over. Bada bing, bada boom, and it's done. We've already accomplished this. Easy to love like Christ. But loving like Christ must be done by what? We treasure in Christ. And how we treasure people who need Christ. People who we know who don't have Christ. How we treasure them. How we treasure what God wants us to treasure. What comes out of a life that is guarding that which is precious. Because it's treasure. And how we treasure the Lord Himself. If we are not doing this, if we're not treasuring... Jesus Christ in our hearts, then we are not prepared to answer God in meekness, in fear. We may be broke in faith. Now Jesus was not saying to the rich man, nor is he saying just to us, that financial impoverishment was the only way to, be, to inherit eternal life. Rather, he wants us to be rich in faith, to treasure him, to love him. Him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. So meekness confesses what we should not be treasuring. But fear considers what a child of God must do to honor the Father. Do we live like Jesus is right here? Like he's in the car with us? He's watching when we're alone. What we say to others is he are we aware he's there watching if we love him? If we're not living in meekness and in fear, our faith is broke. Well, the good news is this. The good news is that biblical preparation also means that we can, we must repair broken faith. How do we do it? Can you say, can I say, can we say in the quiet, in the secret of our heart, Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. That will be the treasure that shines through eternity. That will be the treasure that shines now when people see us. That will be the treasure that protects and comforts you in the dark, hard times of life. Lord, I love you. If you can say that, then you are ready to bank. Bank in true faith. Do you want to bank true faith? Well, look back to verse 21, and this is part of what I had skipped on purpose. Verse 21, because it starts by saying this, Jesus looked at him and... Loved him. Because he said, all these things I kept since I was a boy. You know, Jesus probably saw him as he was a child. Probably saw him as he struggled through life. Probably saw him as a young man or as a young woman who was going through difficulty, and he sees us as well. From our youth up. And he loved us. He loved us. Have you thought of how often Jesus looked at you and loved you? Friends, it's more times than we can imagine. More times. I spoke to an airman in Kandahar. He was there with Airman First Class Jesse Samick, who had been killed rescuing troops on the ground in Kandahar. And the airman asked me, he said, he asked, doesn't God have to love me? And I answered, no, he doesn't have to, but he does. But the more important question, airman, the more important question, person, is this. Do you love him? You know, the love of Jesus is well known throughout the world. You see it at football games. You see the song Jesus loved me throughout throughout languages in this world. Even in the countries in the Middle East. We know that even our friends know that the love of Jesus is legendary. Though they may not believe it. And yet you and I as the church, as those who claim the name of Christ, we must prepare... Do we, do I, do you love him? It's not a difficult answer. If we were, if I was completely paralyzed, unable to move, could our family know? Could our friends know? Could someone observe that we love them? Well, the answer is sure. Well, similarly, can we know that we love God? Can others know that we love God by what we treasure? Yes. Can What we treasure prepares our answer in meekness and in fear. This is banking true faith. Storing up, like Jesus said in Matthew 6, treasures in heaven. I was on a Airborne operation years back, and a paratrooper was entangled in the parachute of another paratrooper, and he fell from almost 100 feet to the ground without the use of the parachute, broke every bone in his body. In Duke Medical Center, the trooper, PFC Daniels, couldn't move, couldn't breathe on his own, completely paralyzed, but he was conscious. He was conscious. Outside, the parents were pleading and were praying unto God for their son. Inside, I asked him, Daniels, are you prepared to stand before God? Fear, fear was obvious in his eyes when I asked that question. But I said to him, let's pray right now and ask God for his forgiveness through the cross. Tell him you love him. And as we did pray that prayer, tears started to roll down his face from those no longer fearful eyes. And in those joyful eyes, I asked him, I said, did you pray? And if so, try to blink your eyes. He did. He blinked his eyes. And we prayed together again. And as I left the room to tell his parents who received that news with joy, just one minute later there was a loud, continuous beep and doctors running back to his room. Daniel's had just died. And yet, Daniels was standing before his Savior because in meekness and in fear he treasured, he loved Christ by faith. You and I, friends, you and I must prepare to answer God. We can treasure him by how we answer in meekness and in fear. You know, the best defense of one's faith, the apologetic, is how we love and how we treasure Jesus Christ. Christian, we must prepare to give a bold answer, but we must also examine what may be broken We can't bluster about our faith. We can't try to convince others that this is what we really are when we may be missing that which meekness and fear has to restore. We may be broken faith, but we can and we must all bank in true faith. Everyone, Christian or those who may not be saved or those who may you may know who are not saved all can recommit our lives to Christ now in these dangerous times and love him first peter says in chapter 3 verse 15 be prepared always to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have in meekness and in fear. So let's take a moment right now to pray, to pray silently as we're seated, just in that moment, in meekness and in fear, come before the Lord and say, I love you, Lord. Let's pray together in silence. Now hear us, O Lord, for this is the call of hearts, hearts that may have been broken because of sin. And yet, Lord, we are now hearts that bank in faith in Jesus Christ. Receive our prayer in meekness and in fear, and we ask in Jesus, our Savior's name, amen and amen.